Welcome to The Outpouring with Executive Pastor Bob Oliver of the New Covenant Church of Philadelphia. Join me as we head into service. Hello, New Covenant and extended family. It is a privilege to come into your homes once again to declare the Word of God. I appreciate your prayers. I appreciate you holding up the ministry. Appreciate your faith, your persistence, your faithfulness, and your ongoing generosity. May the God who gives bread to the eater and seed to the sower, multiply your seed for sowing. We're in a time and we're in a season where we need to care for one another, take care of one another. And you've been faithful in doing that. I wanna continue being faithful, staying before God, and delivering a word that I trust and pray will inspire you, that will empower you, that will build up your faith. That is the objective. That is the goal as we labor together with the Lord. Let us pray. Our Father and our God, we thank you for this season. We thank you for what you're doing, although you're shaking the earth. Only that which can be shaken will be shaken. Make steadfast the faith of your people. Regardless of what's going on around us, regardless of the storms of life, regardless of the chaos, strengthen our faith. And we know that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So send a word, send a word that's spirit, send a word that is life. Bless your people now and make us a blessing. In Jesus' name, amen. We're gonna continue in our series on faith. And today, the title of the message is Increase Our Faith. Increase Our Faith. Now, the message is, is not gonna be what it sounds like based on the title, but Increase Our Faith is to increase those who come to the faith. Because I want you to know that no matter what measure of faith you have, you already have enough faith. If you are in the kingdom of God, if you are of the household of faith, if you are a member of the body of Christ, because when we talk about members, it's not like membership in a country club. It's a member of the body of Christ, like the members of my body. Together, we're joint and fitly put together. And so you already have enough faith, even if your faith is but a mustard seed, because to every one of us, we have a measure of faith. But God is going to increase those who are of the faith. Let's look at our text. We're going to be taking our text from the Gospel of Luke, verse 17, or chapter 17, verses 5 through 10. The Gospel of Luke, chapter 17, verse 5 through 10. 
and it reads, And the apostles said to the Lord, Increase our faith. So the Lord said, If you have faith as a mustard seed, you can say to this mulberry tree, be pulled up by the roots and be planted in the sea, and it would obey you. And which of you, having a servant plowing or tending sheep, will say to him, when he has come in from the field, come at once and sit down to eat? Or will he not rather say to him, prepare something for my supper and gird yourself and serve me till I've eaten and drunk and afterward you will eat and drink? Does he thank that servant because he did the things that were commanded him? I think not. So likewise, you, when you have done all those things which are commanded, say, we are unprofitable servants. We have done what was our duty to do. So the question here is, what prompted the disciples to ask Jesus to increase their faith. What, where did this come from? The context is Jesus had talked to them about forgiveness and forgiving their adversaries. And actually, he said, their brethren who sinned against them. Now, he said, if they come to you and they sin against you, rebuke them. And if they repent, forgive them. And the question was, how many times? Seven times 70. And they said, Lord, increase our faith. It takes faith to do that. You're telling me somebody who is supposed to be a brother or a sister in Christ will sin against me, and I'm supposed to forgive them. I'm good with rebuking them. You said, did you say rebuke them? I got you on that. But then I'm supposed to forgive them? If they're my brother and sister, why are they sinning against me? Why am I supposed to forgive that person? This nation could learn a lesson from this text today. It doesn't matter if in the body of Christ, there are differences. We've got to forgive. That's an act of faith. Jesus is connecting that kind of forgiveness with faith. And on many levels, we can see how that is so. Because if you sin against me and I hold it against you, I'm regarding iniquity in my heart and the Lord will not hear me. So my faith is of no use. Every time I pray, there's nothing happening in heaven because I am shackled. I am bound. I am not free. That's why Jesus said, if when you go to the altar, 
You remember that you have ought against someone. Leave your gift at the altar and go and forgive them. Then bring your gift. There are too many people bringing gifts and they're holding on against somebody. Let them go. Because the only way you can be free is to let them go. Our nation right now is entangled and bound because people are unforgiving. People are unrepentant. There are things that happen that you say, surely they're going to change now. And they still hold the same position. They do not repent. We're living in that prophetic season where the love of many have grown cold. And so God is separated. That's why the Spirit of the Lord is saying it's time for us to earnestly contend for the faith, which was once delivered to the saints. But forgiveness was correlated by Jesus with faith. It was foundational. But Jesus says to them, you're asking me, in other words, for more faith. You think it's about big faith. It's not about big faith. If you think in order to move a mountain, you need big faith, then you think it's about you. It's not about you. Just a mustard seed is enough for you to speak to the mountain and the mountain will obey you because any faith that you bring before God activates the move of God and it's the power of God that makes it happen. It's not whether you have big faith or small faith that moves mountains. It's God who moves the mountain and he does it in response to faith. It's impossible to please God without faith. And anyone who goes to God must first believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Faith will cause you to seek God with diligence. And when you do that, you can speak to the mountain and say, be cast into the sea and it will obey you because the power of God is released through faith. And so Jesus tells them that all you need is the faith of a mustard seed. And he then says, it will be like a mulberry tree. You can say to this mulberry tree, be plucked up by the roots. And if you can see the root system, of a mulberry tree, it's intricate. And above the surface, it becomes over time so large that the fowls of the air can lodge in it and have shade. But that only happens when the roots go deep. Beloved, that's what faith is like. It begins small like a mustard seed. But every time you hear the word, every time you read the word, every time you pray in the spirit, the roots go deeper and deeper. And the deeper your roots, the greater you can stand. When the wind blows, you might sway on the surface, but your roots are deep. You're not going to fall down 
but a tree with shallow roots, like a person with shallow faith, when the wind blows, it's going to go over. It doesn't matter how old the tree is. It's the root system that determines if that tree stands or falls. And I want you to know by the word of God, the believer will stand or fall depending on how deep their roots go. So we've got to fortify our faith. Faith that is small can grow if you continue to activate it, if you use it, if you continue to allow the root system to go down. Now, the first connection in context to increase our faith was related to Jesus telling them to forgive those who sinned against them. And their reply was, Lord, increase our faith. But as you continue to look at the text more closely, there also is this thing about duty. He starts to tell a parable about a servant who's given a commandment, and he even asks them, would you thank that servant for doing what their duty is to do? And then he says, you also consider yourselves to be unprofitable servants when you've done what was your duty to do. Now, what does that have to do with faith? Their central question was, increase our faith. God, we need more faith. If we're going to forgive those people who are supposed to be loving us and they're sinning against us, God, we need more faith when the people who are close to me, who I depend on, who I lean on, are sinning against me, who are doing wrong, talking behind my back, smiling in my face, and, and talking behind my back, tearing me down when I need them to build me up, not available when I need them in my darkest hour. They betray me. This betrayal is painful. It hurts. And you're telling me to forgive them. God, I need more faith. Lord, increase our faith. And it wasn't just one of them. They said increase our faith. But then he starts talking about duty. What does duty have to do with faith? Every act of faith causes the roots of faith to grow deeper within us because faith is, with, with, is within us. And the words that come out of our mouth are the words of faith if the roots are deep. The words that come out of our mouth could be something totally different if the roots are not deep. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And with each expression of faith, the outward manifestation grows also. That mulberry tree, deep, intricate, intricate root system, but also a place for lodging and shade above. All around us, there are people who are suffering from fiery trials, who if our root system of faith is deep, when they lodge in our presence, it is like the shade 
that the fowls of the air feel with the mulberry tree. I would to God that the roots of your faith would go deeper and deeper every day, every hour. I would to God that you would fortify your faith by continuing in his word, by hearing it and doing it, because every act of faith, which is your duty, fortifies your faith. And it's not because you have big faith, because you're only doing what you're commanded to do. You're only doing what you need to do for God to do what he needs to do. It is God that works in us, both to will and to do according to his good pleasure. We're unprofitable servants, but we're vessels of honor when we allow God to continue to pour in us. Faith is like oil that is poured out, poured into a vessel. And then after the faith, faith is poured in, we are commanded to pour out. That's our responsibility so that others have the oil flow to them that God has poured into us. Increase our faith. When we look at James, the second chapter, verse 22 and 24, it talks about the importance of active faith. And James gives us insight that lets us to know, lets us know that faith can die. There is such a thing as dead faith. It's a faith that is not at work. A faith that is not at work doesn't work. Let me say that again. A faith that is not at work doesn't work. And therefore, you have dead faith. James 2 and 22 reads, Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac his son on the altar? Do you see that faith was working together with his works? And by works, faith was made perfect. Now, I want to pause there for a moment. James said the act on Mount Moriah that Abraham did with his son Isaac was faith at work. And he said faith together with his working, working together, formed his works. Do you see that faith was working together with his works? Faith working together with his works. Faith alone is not enough. It's got to be worked. And it's got to be worked out through our works. And so as Abraham pulled the knife back, that's when the angel said, okay, stop. It is enough. Put it down. Now I know that you believe God. You trust God. This is your only son who you birthed in old age. It took a miracle to believe that he would be here. But you trust enough 
in the God who gave you Isaac to obey him, knowing that God can resurrect him. He knew that this God, if he tells me to do it, he can resurrect him. I was dead in my body. My wife Sarah was dead and life sprang forth. So I know that this God can bring life out of death. The good news is he is the God of the resurrection. And the things that are dead can be resurrected when you believe God, not just moving the mountain with mustard seed faith, but that which is dead, Abraham realized, can be brought to life because he saw the metaphor of his body that was dead. He saw it in his wife, who was barren in her youth, but at age 90, she had a child. He knew that only God could do that. And why would he not trust that God who produced fruit from a tree that had died? He caused that tree to spring up to life. And that act caused the roots of faith in Abraham to go deeper, to go deeper. And he was able to father more children after that. The next verse reads, and the scripture was fulfilled, which says, Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. And he was called the friend of God. You see then that a man is justified by works and not by faith alone. He's saying faith without works is dead. And justification in terms of our duty towards God, not justification that comes with salvation. <clears throat> in fact, when you hear Paul say that faith saves us, we're saved by grace and not of works, there are some who thinks this is a contradiction. It's not a contradiction. It is, it is at two different points in the process. Paul is talking about coming to faith, coming to God. We're saved by grace, not of works. It doesn't matter what you've done. You can't work your way into salvation. God is not a respecter of persons. If we could work our way in, some would have access and others wouldn't, but he's not that kind of God. So you can come as you are, but then when you are a servant, as Jesus told the disciples in the, in the parable, when you are a servant, you do as you're commanded. And when we come, we come to work. Jesus said, I must work the works of him that sent me. And then he said, for those who he sent, greater works will you do because I go to my father. It's about works. And we must work while it's day. So Paul is talking about coming to the faith. James is talking about walking in the faith. It's like the story that's told 
of a young beggar who was on the streets and the king heard about him and he sent his servants out to pick him up and to bring him to the palace and bring him to his table. The servants took this little boy who was destitute, this young boy, filthy, emaciated, starving, cleaned him up, put him on some nice clothes, had him sit at the king's table, and he started to gorge himself. He's eating with his hands, food everywhere. And the servant comes over, the same one who invited him, and told him the king would like the pleasure of your company and has invited you to, to feast at his table. Told him, you gotta stop doing that. You can't eat like that in the presence of the king. And the young lad was confused. He said, I, you told me to come as I was. You told me that the king delighted in the pleasure of my company. He said, yes, that was true when I was bringing you, but now you're in the presence of the king. You, you have to change your conduct. In other words, you can come as you are, but you can't stay as you are. You've got to have conduct fitting of the king in the presence of the king. Paul was talking about the coming. James is talking about how we walk while we are in the presence of the king. Lord, increase our faith. I know that there are situations in your life that are big and they, they look insurmountable. It looks like this thing is too much for me. And you feel like you don't have enough faith. I want you to know that according to the word of God, if you just have the faith of a mustard seed, you can speak to the mountains in your life. You have enough faith. You just have to put your faith in the right place, knowing that it's the power of God that can handle your circumstances. God is big. If your faith is small and you put that small faith in a big God, there's nothing that's impossible. All things are possible to the one who believes. And so God is saying, I've got for you the things that you can't even imagine. I've already taken care of that thing that is in your way. That roadblock has already been, been removed. You just got to keep walking so that you can see it. You've got to walk by faith and not by sight. There's some things that God has already done. God told me to tell you, he is already making every mountain low. He's exalting every valley. He's making the crooked places straight and the rough places smooth so that you can see his glory. God is working a work on your behalf that's gonna be marvelous in your eyes. Don't give up, don't faint. God, I pray that you would increase our faith to be patient and wait on you and to see what you're doing before it's complete because we know that we are complete in you. Help us to see God through the eyes of faith. 
Help us to know that you're with us. Help us to know that you'll never leave us. Help us to know, God, that it is our job to obey and it is your job to work a work that is marvelous in our eyes. May we rest in you and not fret over what we have or don't have because we have everything we need that pertains to life and to godliness. You've given it to us. You've given us your divine nature. We're partakers of your divine nature. Those of us who are still in sinful flesh, you've come to tabernacle with us. And so there's nothing that you won't do for us. Although you're high, you've shown that you have respect for the lowly. You remember that we're only dust. And so like the disciples, God, there are times that we're in a quandary and we need you to increase our faith. We need you to increase our faith, not by changing our faith, but by inspiring us to work so that we can work it out so that the roots of our faith can go deeper, so that we know by experience with you that there's nothing hard for you. God, we come to you, Lord of the harvest, asking you to send laborers and to increase our faith by sending more and adding their faith to our faith. And as you add faith to our faith, multiply us in good works. Multiply your people in good works that we might work the works of the God who sent us. That we might work in such a way that our works will follow us. That we might work in such a way that our faith would be active at all times. That we might work in such a way that even in the night season when we slumber, we got you on our mind. We have you on our mind and you're working even then because the one who keeps us neither slumbers nor sleep. And so God let our faith continue to walk even when we lay down. Let our faith continue to move so that when we rise up in the morning, we will walk by faith and not by sight. Let us know that we have everything we need let us know that there's nothing lacking. Let your people know, God, that you have given us everything that pertains to life and godliness. Lord, we thank you for, your, for the faith that you've poured out into us. We thank you for your word that is spirit and life because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, but God, we're not satisfied with just hearing. We must be doers. We must be active. We must be the church. God, we come to realize that you've paused across the nation and around the world, the activity of going to church because you want us to realize that you want us to be the church. And God, let us rise up in faith and be what you've called us to be. 
And after we've done all that you've commanded us to do, may we say that we're unprofitable servants. Because in saying that, we maintain humility. We, we humble ourselves under your mighty hand because you exalt us when we humble ourselves. And so we humble ourselves under your mighty hand that we never need be abased by your powerful hand because we become haughty and think it's about us. And so God, teach us. It's not about the size of our faith. It's about the size of our God. It's not about the power that we have, but it's about the power of God. So let the weak say, I'm strong. And let all of God's people know from this time forth that the faith of a mustard seed is enough to speak to the mountain. And so mountains, we say, move out of the lives of God's people. Move out of the way. And now, God, bless your people as we go. Bless your people as we depart. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. May your seed be blessed for a thousand generations. And may you always know and never forget that God is with you. God is for you. And he will never leave you, nor will he forsake you. Thank you for joining us in service today. We pray that this ministry has been a blessing to you and your family. To give your gift of love and help keep this ministry on the air, visit nccop.church giving for all of the ways that you can donate to the ministry. Thank you so much for your generosity and God's blessings until we meet again.